Welcome to Her Bro, His Sis, a podcast hosted by sibling ministers focused on topics of faith. We are family addressing the family, the body of Christ. Hello, 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 and hello again. That was a shout out to my Cleveland Kingdom family. You already know who you are, so I had to give you that. Um, thank you for always being faithful to shout us out, her bro and his sis. So love you so much, Pastor Sam and Key of David. Um, we don't usually give our behind the scenes trials and tribulations, but I felt it is definitely appropriate to just share this little bit with you all since you clearly, if you have been following us, supporting us, listening with us, you're aware that there's been a gap of time since uh, the last episode has... Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> ...come forth to you all. Um, we had some severe technical difficulties that um, prevented us from being able to um, come to you for your listening edification last month. So we were very blessed that... You may not see us right now, but we are physically together in Casa yes. Juntos. Yes. I am so happy about <laughs> it. Yes. <sighs> Much awaited. I'm so happy you're here. Yes, got to be here. Yeah. So we are just going to jump right on in here. Um, like I said, we're delayed, but in more ways than one, but we are here and we are excited. So we're going to just jump on in here. And give you the part two of our Proverbs Wisdom um, episode. And today I would like to start with um, chapter eight. Um, the topic of this one is um, wisdom. And what I feel like it spoke to me this time around was being the common sense that's free for all. Mm. So we're going to just read chapter eight, just a few selections out of that. And then I will go into what I have thoughts and things to share with you. So starting in chapter eight of Proverbs, verse one, um, it says, listen as wisdom calls out, hear as understanding raises her voice. I'm gonna jump down to verse 11. It says, for wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. Verse 13, all who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. Before I go on, I can't run past this because this translation says all who fear the Lord will hate evil. Mm. Therefore, <laughs> because I fear the Lord, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. But we're going to keep on going. The next verse says common sense and success belong to me. That's verse 14. And King James says common sense and sound wisdom or counsel and sound wisdom there. Mm. Um, belong to me. Insight and strength are mine. Because of me, King's reign will go down to verse 32, which says, and so my children, listen to me. For all who follow my ways are joyful. 35, for whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. And finally, 36, but those who miss me injure themselves and all those who hate me love death i'm gonna read that one more time all those who miss me injure themselves all who hate me love death so king james says he that sins against me wisdom wrongs his own soul all that hate me love death if you hate wisdom you love death mm -hmm. that's a huge mouthful but 
why I felt Proverbs chapter eight, just to, to read some of those things was fitting is because as I was preparing for this, I remember that we started this year out in Psalm 119. And in Psalm 119, there were the different things that we went over. Um, and one of the things that we talked about was the number eight when we talked about chapter eight. And Proverbs eight just brings us full circle, tying that together because that concept with the significance of the Jewish number eight equals regeneration, new beginning, new first. And so in the Hebrew alphabet, that word kate literally means enclosure. So God is surrounding us like a fence to keep us from danger. And his enclosure includes angels all around us, brethren, sisters, and interchangeably sharpening, bearing one another's burdens. Lord himself is our shield and buckler. So just to kind of cap this portion off before I give you the opportunity to speak your initial um, thoughts is that section of Psalm 119, which is the eighth portion. Um, and that says from verses 57 to 64, which is eight verses, the Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I entreat your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight, I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. So the thing that kept st standing out to me from this, every single line talks about the word of God yeah. in a different word. Yeah. It's saying the same thing without using word of God <laughs> eight times. Yeah. He says your words, your promise, your testimonies, your commandments, your law, your righteous mm -hmm. rules, your precepts, your statutes. So I can go in on that more, but I'm going to give you a chance to get on in there. <laughs> so what do you think just about the introductory um, portion here? Yeah, uh, I'll leave the word portion to you, um, but uh, just piggybacking off of that, um, the Proverbs piece, I heard the word hate come out twice. And so that kind of like pinged my, my, my thoughts there. And it said, um, you know, you're either going to hate wisdom or you're going to hate evil. Mm -hmm. um, the opposite of hate would be love. And so mm -hmm. you're either going to love wisdom or love death. Wow. And so <laughs> <laughs> the thing that kind of, I guess, was coming to me was if I love one and hate the other, what do those two things signify? Yeah. Because they're obviously contrasts. So if I hate wisdom which means i hate receiving common sense wow. in other words i love evil <laughs> or wickedness which is just baffling to yeah. me to understand that is that it's paralleling the fact that like hey i have a wisdom and nobody would walk around and saying they're ignorant i mean mm -hmm. i don't <laughs> would never claim that right and not right. to say that i'm the wisest person in the world but we don't necessarily <laughs> walk around and 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 bask in our lack of intelligence. So if you would understand or say that you have some level of understanding, you're going to assume that you don't hate evil if you're comparing yourself to yourself. Mm -hmm. So what I loved about this is the fact that it's paralleling a type of wisdom mm -hmm. to evil, a type of wisdom to death, because everybody knows something. Like Everybody's smart in something. Mm -hmm. You might, I mean, I don't know mechanics. That's not my lane. So there's no wisdom <laughs> in using my hands in that capacity. <laughs> Unless I'm typing something like there's no wisdom there for me. So... I feel like I'm wise and I have an expertise in certain areas, yeah. but that's not what this is talking about. Right. So to say that you hate wisdom, like what wisdom are they talking about? And so that's what I loved about this is that it's basically saying there is a certain type of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And if you're not abiding by that wisdom, 
you love evil. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's the beautiful thing. And, and when you kept talking about the word, like, what is it that we're hanging our hat on in terms of that wisdom? It's coming from the word of God. Yes. And so um, I just like the, the passage in James when it talks about wisdom. Um, and this is James 3, uh, 13 through 18. It says, who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds and the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom, so now obviously it's talking about that there are certain levels of wisdom. Mm -hmm. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, from the Lord, but is earthly, natural, and demonic. Mm. Verse 16, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and, there's your word, every evil thing. Mm -hmm. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. And then finally, and the seed whose right, whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So mm -hmm. what I love about that is it, it obviously parallels the fact that some people obviously would walk around and assume that they have a level of wisdom, but what are you paralleling that wisdom to? And the fact that you read that Psalms passage, it was a great parallel because mm -hmm. it talks about the word. <laughs> so if the word is not your foundation of wisdom, it's not the wisdom from above. And right. so that wisdom that you're paralleling uh, or that wisdom that you're hanging your head on that is not from above is actually demonic. Um, and mm. so, uh, yeah, I know we're, we're probably going to get into a lot deeper, but just introductorily speaking, um, just the fact that it kind of pitted those two against one another is just a good introduction, mm -hmm. I believe. Honestly, we could, we're not going to do it, but we could very well camp out just right here between <laughs> these two because there's so much in here that just fortifies itself. Yeah. Um, and I love how, NLT just keeps it so real. Um, it makes it super plain for you just to like straight up get it. Um, so I just kind of want to revisit a few of the things because just even like some of the stuff you said, like the common sense piece, how you brought that back back in, the common sense that's free for all, like it's kind of embedded in this Proverbs 8 because it even says like, first of all, he says, listen as wisdom calls out, hear as understanding raises her voice. Then if you go down four, I call to you, to who? All of you. I raise my voice to all people, you simple people, use good judgment, you foolish people, show some understanding, listen to me, for I have important things to tell you. Everything I say is right. I speak truth and detest every kind of deception. My advice is wholesome. There is nothing devious or crooked in it. My words are plain to anyone with understanding, clear to those with knowledge. And then 10, choose my instruction rather than silver and knowledge rather than pure gold. So it just, again, sets itself up to say where that verse 11 said, wisdom is far more valuable than rubies and nothing you can desire can compare with it. We talked about that when I used it um, last month when we did the other one in Proverbs. Um, but if you think about it, there really is nothing natural in the world that we should desire that we think is better, gold, silver, rubies, cars, mm. anything, a fat bank account, like nothing mm. you could ever want is better or can be compared to this. And um, as you said, the foundation of wisdom comes through the word. That's the only way you're going to get it. Um, so when I come back down to that Psalms portion, you know, even this is saying 57, if I'm, if I'm choosing wisdom, which is coming from the Lord, it says right there, the Lord is my portion. Well, the Lord is giving me wisdom. So you are everything I need. You're everything I desire. If I never get anything else, Lord, you are enough for me. That's what I'm saying. And the psalmist is saying these things. So he's saying, I promise to keep your words. And then I'm asking for your favor with all my heart. So please be gracious to me according to your promise. 
Why is it that we seek God's favor, but we don't want to do what he asks us to do according to his word, but yet we want the blessings. We want to be blessed by God without being obedient to God. Hmm. And that's not acceptable to God because we want to pray for things without being obedient to him to be deserving of the things. Not that we deserve anything, but at least be eligible to receive a blessing by obedience (laughs) first, right? So he's saying, be gracious to me according to your promise. But if you didn't fulfill, because you said, I promise to keep your word. So if I kept your word first, then obviously it would qualify me to receive something from you when I come asking for it. But if I don't even obey you in the first place, or if I promise to keep it and don't keep it, Mm -hmm. then what do I look like coming to you asking you for anything else? Mm -hmm. So 59, when I think of my ways, I turn my feet to your testimony. And I love that part because he's literally saying, I'm thinking about what I do. Mm -hmm. I'm considering, man, like, Am I a righteous individual? Do mm, I, how are my ways? That's good. You know? So when I think about myself and I realize I'm not in the right way, at that point, I turn to your testimonies because he wouldn't say I turned my feet there if they were already in the right way. Mm. If I'm going the right way, then I'm good. Yeah. But as soon as I see that I was off step somewhere, I thought about it. Okay, I'm going to turn back, right? And then on top of it, he says, I hasten and do not delay, which means I didn't wait. I didn't think about it. I didn't figure out a reason to put it off like I immediately saw like man I'm not right okay let's let's we're shifting right now Mm -hmm. like if you're driving somewhere and you're going the wrong direction do you just keep going the wrong direction or do you notice oh wait let me turn right here you immediately get right back on the right path whether your GPS told you Siri told you whoever else told you you move immediately Mm -hmm. so even here he's like I am not playing around with you to turn around and obey your commandments. Then he says, even though the wicked tries to ensnare me, I will not forget your law, which means that I have to intentionally forget what I know to be right in order to, like you said, like and pursue and follow wickedness. And then he says, I praise you because of your righteous rules, because I agree that your rules are righteous. I'm not out here trying to negotiate your word or make you disqualified from being righteous because I don't like your way. If I don't like it, that means I either have to not like it and do it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> Just like I didn't it. like my mom's rules all the dog on time. But guess what? It was her way or the highway. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't have to like everything. We just have to submit. And then it says, I'm a companion of all who fear you of those who keep your precepts. So that even again is like the company we keep. Are we, you know, Who do we walk with? Who do we agree with? You know, how can two walk together unless they agree? You know, my famous Amos 3-3 reference. Um, So how can light dwell with darkness? How can we be in fellowship together if we are not on the same page, believing the same thing? And then finally, the earth is full of your love. Teach me your statutes. So even though I have parts of your words, parts of your promise, parts of your testimony, parts of your commandments and your law and your rules, I still need to be taught more. I still want more of your word and I still need it. So please continue to teach me. So that just brings me back to an earlier part of James that you, um, you know, introduced, but James one and five, if any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through a decision or circumstance, he is to ask of our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame, and it will be given to him. So God is just flat out saying like, the wisdom I have, the common sense that I created is free for you. You literally do not have to do anything at all but ask me. I am generous. I'm benevolent. I'm willing to give it to you. I'm not going to rebuke you. I'm not going to, you know, say, man, like 
anything. I'm just going to give it to you. I'm not going to blame you, like shame you. It is free for you. Just ask. And we should not feel ashamed to ask the Lord. We Mm -hmm. should not feel unwilling to ask the Lord if he's saying it's free for you. So, I mean, we can talk all day and see people in the streets and talk about comments is free, but it's not free for all. But we're talking spiritual common sense now because yeah. it's a little different than just people acting ignorant in the world. Like yeah. this is some spiritual common sense that the Lord is saying, hello, yeah. <laughs> what more else do I have to do to get you to want this? Yeah. So I'm done <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh, <sighs> yeah, I'm not going to add too much to that um, other than to just kind of highlight um, an illustration that you brought up. So you talked about the GPS that if we're going in the wrong direction that we're going to turn immediately. I like that because... It kind of hits a, a couple of things that you were talking about. So when I think about a GPS, I use a GPS because I don't know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. So that means that I'm following the directions of whatever that machine tells me to go. Yes. If I get off track and it tells me, uh, you need to make a U-turn, I make a U-turn, right? <laughs> You're supposed to. <laughs> because I don't know where I'm going. And if I don't make that U-turn or I turn, I choose to turn off the machine, I'm going to get lost. Right. Because I'm not going to the destination as instructed. So when we talk about wisdom and we talk about man's opinion versus the wisdom of God, that's that illustration of us either not adopting the the directions of the GPS Mm -hmm. or just choosing to getting off track or whatever the case is. That's how subtle it is sometimes when we choose to take man's advice or our own advice over the wisdom of God. And so we have to recognize that if we're saying that Lord... I'm going to turn and trust in your word and your ways. His word is right. Like the Bible says, let every man be true and every man, let God be true and every man be a lie. Like there's nothing that comes from man that is right in the eyes of God mm-hmm. because God is true. God is, is, is the source of wisdom. God is the source of truth. And right. so if we're going to say that God is the source of truth, then everything that we encounter, every decision that we make, every <clears throat> conversation that we have should be centered around the truth of god yeah centered around the 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 word and it's funny because i actually was having a conversation with somebody yesterday and immediately when they asked for my advice i said okay well this is what the word says yes <laughs> yes because any decision that i make <laughs> like, it has to be grounded in this and i don't want you to take my advice yes. it's like okay my advice is you know I, because i trust you because you know i've been around you a long time and you mm-hmm. seem smart i want you to know where i'm getting that yes. from because if i say like I want you to follow this. Yes. I don't. I'm not going to fail you. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the word, and right. then say, okay. Now, based on that, like you can trust that yes. because the Lord is true, <laughs> <laughs> and that just prevents argument. Because right. if I could just give give you the word, like, hey, like you resonate, like you, we understand the word is our foundation. Yes. The word, Second Timothy three sixteen, and we can go there all yes. day, every day. Yes. But if we understand that as the foundational truth, then every time I give you the word, you're going to be like, okay. Like I either have to rock with that, or like you said, I'm going to have to just be like. Mm. <laughs> that ain't for me. So if you're in here, if you're if you're submitting and meditating on the word, then you have to understand that when the word comes to you, yeah. you have a decision to make. Yes. Like it's not like, yeah, I don't want to do that. It's we're doing this because yes. thus saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that's what I liked about that illustration. Um, is just that we have to make a decision between are we going to follow man or are we going to follow God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondly, just uh, a passage out of Proverbs um, when you were talking about, you know. It being better than rubies, um, what kept coming to my mind is how we adorn ourselves in 
wanting to chase after valuables, mm-hmm. um, diamonds, all that. I remember, you know, the biggest thing when I was growing up was like, man, I wanted diamond studs. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, mercy, and yes. I, wanted a, I wanted a gold chain. Yes. I wanted all that, right? And or we wanted the, the, the tennis breaks. So like mm-hmm. all of that, we want to acquire those things because we think those things have value. And so you keep reading in Proverbs 3, um, I'm sorry, in Proverbs 8, um, verse 11 says, for wisdom is better than jewels and all desirable things cannot compare with her. Um, you know, go down to verse 18, uh, riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. Verse 19, my fruit is better than gold, even pure gold, and my yield better than choice of silver. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even 21, to endow those who love me with wealth, that I may fill the treasuries. Like, wow. Basically, he's saying, let wisdom be your gold chain. Yes, <laughs> you know come on, like, now. Like, instead of trying to fight to acquire these things that might have value to the person who's looking at you, oh, that's a beautiful necklace. Like, there's life yes. you know what I'm saying? in obtaining wisdom. And so Proverbs 3, 21 through 23 is what I wanted to get to. It says, my son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk in your way securely and your foot will not stumble. So the gold chain that God wants you to have, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, on. The one that he approves of <laughs> is his wisdom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he's not saying like, hey, you know, I, I blessed you with provision. You know, you're blessed and highly favored. Go get you a necklace. No, he's saying, <laughs> he's saying, whatever necklace everybody else was trying to get, that don't matter. Oh like, gosh. seek this, and this is more valuable than anything you can acquire on earth. Yes. So, um, just those two things I just wanted to highlight. Like I said, I don't want to add anything extra to that, but I just thought those two things were just so um, so rich to point out. That's awesome. And just two things based off what you just said that came to my head was, so about the GPS first. So it's funny that you said that about like, so if it tells you to do a U-turn, like, are you just going to do the U-turn or are you going to do something else? So like, it's funny because people for real, like it'll say, turn here. And you're like, I don't know about that. But you already don't know where you're going. <laughs> like if you don't know where you're going and it's telling you to do something, you ask for my help from yeah, jump. Like yeah. how do you just jump out of the GPS and say, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want right. to do this right. all of a sudden. <laughs> like, no, no, I can see where there are times now this is going a different direction. I can see where there are times that it doesn't recognize there's a construction zone or something like that. So you have to make it reroute you different. But I'm saying when you are literally flat out saying like, you know, better than the GPS mm-hmm. knows when you ask for its advice in the first place, yeah. come on now. Yeah. So that's what I'm like. Yeah. You ask the Lord sometimes certain stuff, and then He tells you what to do, and you all to the good until mm-hmm. a certain point. So then that's when we look at that verse. I think of my ways. Are you going to turn your foot when He says mm-hmm. turn the foot? Or are you going to just keep going, mm-hmm. going wayward? Mm-hmm. So that's what hit me when you first said that. And then because um, the U-turn is the other way. All right. Mm-hmm. So moving on. And then the other thing was you talked about. Um, how when someone comes to you and they're asking for advice and you're like, well, let's go to the word. I'm famous for that because that's even like kind of the reference of when I did the introduction of the Lord gives us um, the fence, which Kate, the Hebrew letter for that means enclosure. He includes the brothers and sisters interchangeably sharpening, sharpening us. I feel like that's part of the sharpening. Like you can't sharpen me without the word. Because iron sharpens iron. That's true. And the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Mm-hmm. So if you're not using the word of God to sharpen me, then we're, I'm, getting, I'm not yeah, getting sharpened. Where are you getting it from? Yeah. So, so it's like <laughs> that I wanted to pull out because I feel like we need to understand that as brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God, like if we're not doing that, we need to be mm-hmm. coming to mm-hmm. the word as the foundation of what we're saying. Not that, that, not that I'm saying like physically put the Bible in your hand, which does not hurt. But I'm saying, like, 
what you're saying needs to be founded in yeah. this so that when you say what you're saying to them, they can go to the spirit yeah. and do what they have to yeah. do with whatever you have yeah. just said. Because I always tell people like when I counsel with them or I'm saying with them and we have anything, I always tell them whatever I'm saying is from here. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, A, there's no argument with the word. B, you can't say that I told you to do something because of my feelings involved. I'm trying mm-hmm. to run your life. Anything. Okay. This is not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you what pertains to life and godliness yes. up in here. That's it. That's <laughs> and it. then however that applies to your situation in prayer, I will mm-hmm. partner with you in prayer. <laughs> I will comfort you as the Lord helps me to comfort you <laughs> through the <laughs> word of God. <laughs> and I will bear, like it says, bearing one another's burdens with you. I'll do that as well. But ultimately how you move is based on you and how the spirit yep. resonated from the word. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> And sometimes you even have to like just bust out and because obviously we know there's two different worldviews. So, I mean, if we know we're talking to a believer, yes. like there's no reason for me to give you the spiritual GPS <laughs> and then you'd be like, ah, I'm not really feeling that. We done already decided <laughs> that this right here was first. <laughs> so, so that off the table. And, and I think that goes to the level and we talk a lot about maturity and things like that. And, and we understand yes. everybody has a certain level of faith, but I think we have to get to the place, and I was actually sharing this again with somebody yesterday, is that we have to get to the place where as the body of Christ, that we stop, like, patty-caking the words. Come on. Because at the end of the day, like, yes, I understand we're at different levels, but your job is to grow in godliness. Yes. So if, if I'm taking you, let a man ask, right? <laughs> we said James 1.5. Yes. So if we're at the point where you're asking, yes. you have to be at the point where you're hearing. Yes. Because the Bible says be here and do only. Yes. If you go later on into that chapter, right? So... If we're at the place where you're like, yeah, you know, can you help me? Can you give me some some information? Like, did you want me to sit down with you and have ice cream? Or did you want me to give you something yes. that actually was going to be life-giving? Yes. Because if I give you the spirit of the Lord, Hebrews 4 and 12. <laughs> sharp and active, right? So if, if it's piercing, you have a responsibility to hear the word and then be like, okay, I'm going to receive that and be obedient to it. Mm-hmm. Because the word will actually give you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Yes. So if you came to a spiritual person, Galatians 6. Yes. And you came to them and they're bearing their burdens with you and they're giving you thus saith the Lord. You gotta trust that. <laughs> you know I'm like, you're like, oh, I was wanting a little bit more. What there's nothing greater than we just read Proverbs eight, rubies. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. This is greater than rubies. So if I gave you this and you were like, oh man, I was looking for something different. You got a lot to learn in that yes. situation because all, all, and, we, and we've all been there, right? But ultimately it comes yes. down to like if you can't trust the word as like the ultimate source. You want somebody to give you something that you can hang your hat on yes. because that means if I give you this and this is truth and it's something you can turn your hat on, 20 years from now, you can have that situation again or 10 weeks mm-hmm. from now, you can have that situation again. And you're going to have a scripture that you can go back to and the spirit can continue to do his work in you as you're growing in godliness. So you don't need me to sit next to you every single time and comfort and console you because you're going to have the word that is way more powerful than anything a man can do. So mm-hmm. if we don't start there. We're already failing that person anyways yes. if we can't give them the word. Because I can sit here and give you ice cream and just love on you. And not saying those those things don't have an effect. But if that's all you're doing yeah. and you can't get it in with the Lord, we have already failed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. so I love how you said that you have to ask and you have to seek it. And, you know, for me, that's the first part is you asked. You may not have asked Jesus when you talked to me, <laughs> but the Holy Spirit lives in me. So he heard the question and he's responding because he considers that a request and I'm submitted to him. So it's not me. And you knew I was submitted here. to him. 
Right. So you knew who you were coming to. Because you know how you know you were who you're coming to? Because John also says that those that don't come to the light, they avoid the light because mm-hmm. they feel that condemnation anyways, mm-hmm. right? So there are people in our lives who already know they don't want to hear it because they know what they're going to get. So mm-hmm. they know what it is mm-hmm. when they're coming. So they either want it or they don't. So when they come, you're already asking the Lord, first of all, even though you didn't say, dear Jesus. Okay. Second of all, it says, you said seeking. And so in verse um, 17, it says, I love all who love me. Those who search or seek will surely find me. Mm -hmm. So if you're seeking for wisdom or this common sense that's free for all, you're going to surely get it. The issue is, will you continue to follow through, you know? And the, the picture just really quickly went like this in my, in my head as you were finishing up of the rich young ruler that he mm. came to the Lord. And he says, teacher, what good thing must I do? You know, that was an ask. He asked Jesus outright, what must he do? He asked him some stuff about the word. He responded, whatever, whatever. But he chose not to seek. God gave him what he could do, but he chose to turn away. So instead of turning towards the testimonies and towards the promises and towards the good, he walked away. So there's some times that we will present information that's founded in the word, but people will not want to do a very simple thing that is simple to us. And even like what you were saying, seeking silver, seeking gold, seeking the chains and all that. Mm-hmm. He had great possessions. He didn't want to get rid of it. And that's mm-hmm. what God had told him to do because what? He valued the possessions more so than the unknown of the life that God was offering him mm-hmm. in that moment. So we have to really see where we are when we're asking what we're asking. Mm-hmm. We have to look mm-hmm. at what are we seeking? Cause we're all seeking something, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a good thing or an evil thing, but there's always something on the other side. There's never just one side and nothing on the other. So just like you said in the beginning, you either love death or you love wisdom. You love evil or you love good. There's something on the other side. If you're not choosing wisdom, you're choosing foolishness, you're full, you're choosing death, you're choosing anything opposite of, of God. So I want to put that out there. So even before, um, you know, just to continue to fortify what we've already said, Proverbs 2 and 6 says, the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So any other way, it is not coming forth. There's no other source of wisdom from the Lord's mouth are where wisdom, knowledge, and understanding come from. There's no other man that can give it to you, no other book, no other entity, no other, any source that you try to get, it's not coming. And then the other thing I wanted to um, say in this moment too was about how it ties back to the Psalm verse 59 when it says, I think on my ways and turn my feet to your testimonies. Second Corinthians 13 and five says to test and evaluate yourselves to see whether you are in the faith and living your lives as committed believers. Examine yourselves, not me. Or do you not recognize this about yourselves by an ongoing experience that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test and are rejected as counterfeit? So essentially, this verse is saying, like I said before, you are responsible for evaluating yourself to see if you are in the faith. And what do I mean by in the faith? Not professing on Sundays that I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, I go to church. That's not being in the faith. (laughs) Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So in the faith is in the word. And so clearly in the word is not just reading it as a sprinkling on a Sunday morning when you didn't take your Bible and it's posted on the screen. Mm. It's not reading it on occasion throughout whenever you feel like reading it. It's literally like literally living the word. It's a, a part of your essence. It's a part of your life. The word is welcome in hearing 
like it says in Deuteronomy, like on the, on your doorpost, mm-hmm. you're always in it one way. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Like how can it depart from your mouth if you've never read it, if you're not looking at it on a regular basis? Like you need to have deeper experiences with the word of God beyond your Sunday weekly visitations yeah. at church. Okay. Yeah. So it's saying you will be able to know if you're really being real with yourself, whether or not you are living as a committed believer. Mm. So some of us would say that we're committed, but if we were really being real and evaluating ourselves based on what we read, we can actually make a checklist based off what we're reading in that moment to say, am I in line with this or am I in line with that? That's how you can test yourself. It's as simple as that. Um, and again, it says, examine yourself. Don't focus on other people. Examine yourself. And then he says, do you not recognize this about yourself that Jesus is in you unless you're rejected and fail the test? So you should be able to know this. Obviously, we can discern each other based off of the fruit that the Bible says we can tell from others' lives. But if we're focusing on ourselves and examining ourselves, I would know that I'm not where I need to be if I'm doing like the psalmist says, when I think on my ways, I turn my foot in the way of the Lord Mm -hmm. once I see that I'm not right. And it's just like you said in James, if we go back over to that portion where he says, it's like looking in the mirror and seeing yourself and then forget what man or man you are. Yeah. Like, how do you look up in here and see, man, that's me. Walk away from it. And that was you. Like, do you go in the mirror and see all this stuff on your face in real life and not like wipe off the things or wash the stuff out of your eye? Like, come on, get yourself together. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think about that part and how that applies? Yeah, a couple of spots I could go to. Uh, first thing that kind of hits me is, is Hebrews 5. Um, and when you're talking about hearing and being <clears throat> trained to the word, one thing that really kind of sticks to me, and again, we were talking about just the levels of maturity, but um, everything for me just boils down to the word of God and how much we're in it. Um, and Hebrews 5, um, 11, um, he was saying concerning him, he's talking about... Um, the priest Mel- Melchizedek, which is concerning him, we have much to say and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. I won't get into kind of the context of that passage, but basically he said that they were dull of hearing and he couldn't say, he couldn't go on further. That dull of hearing basically translates that they were deaf. Right. So they stopped hearing. They were numb to what they had heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and the confirmation to that is verse 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, meaning that you've been given so much to be able to then revert it wow. back to somebody else. But because of the fact that you've become desensitized to what you were told, you can no longer, you don't even know it, and you wow. can't train somebody else because you're not aware of it. Wow. Um, so it says, you have come to need milk and not solid food, for everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed, not accustomed to the word of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you're not familiar with the wow. word because you're a baby. Verse 14, but solid food is for the mature who, because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So the importance of the word is to mature you so that you can digest the word, teach the word, and be trained enough to be able to discern the difference between good and evil. If we go back to Proverbs, what was the opposite of evil? Wisdom. Mm -hmm. What is the opposite of wisdom? Evil. So if it's saying that you can discern the difference between good and evil, you can discern the common sense that's available to all <laughs> and sin. Can I though? So, <laughs> so if you're not in the word, like oh, wow. if we understand that 
going back to all these verses mm-hmm, these, mm-hmm. that we, we say, and everybody knows, oh, God's given us all things obtained in life yeah. and all this. Okay, mm-hmm. so if he does, does that mean that you're now applying James 1 and 5? Mm. Because then, when you get to that point that you need to exercise the life and godliness, either you already know it based on the fact that you're eating solid food and you're able to discern that, or you don't know it and you're seeking it, and then you're willing to then perfect and meditate like you were going back to song. So this wow. all connects. It's not just like, oh, we're just going to throw this out there and it feels good when we're in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, It's not just a feel good. Like, This is truly like understanding. I just read Hebrews 5, but earlier I quoted Hebrews 4, which was, the word is alive and active. Yes. <laughs> so he already told us like what the power of the word and the Holy Spirit was. Then he's telling you like because you don't have it, you don't even get that effect because you don't have it. Like I'm stabbing you with a butter knife right now because you don't have the word in you. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not your sword because you don't look at it like that. Wow. So for me, I look at it like the one thing we have in in our possession. And if you was gonna fight, you'd want to have a weapon. So if we understand that the weapon. Of choice is the word. Why is it we're not reading it? Why is it that we choose? Oh man, like if I pick up my phone and we, we can go into stats about how often we pick up our phones. But how many times is the Bible app when we're picking up our phone? Wow. And I'm guilty of that as well. Like how many times do I pick up my phone? And I'm like, man, let me check the score real quick. Or like, man, let me go on the news real quick and see what's going on in the world. Like there's so many natural things, those earthly rubies, if you will, mm-hmm. that we're choosing to to pick up over. And I can look at my phone and like the Bible apps right there and this other apps right here and it's like, man, like. Oh, it just takes too much time. I can justify, oh, it takes too much time mm-hmm. if I was going to read something real quick or, man, I don't want to give God five seconds. But then I end up spending 15 minutes in this other episode. It's like, well, I had time. You know what I'm saying? So we have to think about it like that. Like, yeah. do we really want the word to be that effect? Yeah. Or is it just something that we're just like, yeah, we know it's there. And we'll just, we'll kind of call on that James 1 5 when we need it. You know what I'm saying? If I'm in a, in a pinch. But he's saying, look, like you ought to been teachers. Like, don't wait for your situation yeah. to be dire for you to, to then, oh, let me find a scripture. Mm-hmm. This is all the time. You yes. know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's what I have for that. So the lo- the wonderful thing about the verse you just used is you said, okay, solid food was those who are mature. Read that part in your version again. How did yours say it? Uh, it says, but this is uh, Hebrews 5.14, but solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Stop. Because of practice. <laughs> okay. And in King James, it says um, in verse 13, Everyone that uses milk is unskillful mm-hmm. in the word of righteousness. So how many times have either of us heard how people like admire our um, skillfulness or whatever, ease with the word? Man, like you guys just, it's, the scriptures just come to you so easily or this or that, this or that, this or that. Based on how they admire our grasp of the word and you, employment of the word. Mm-hmm. But this says everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word. They became a babe on their own. Mm. It's not like they, because if you could have been a teacher first, you reverted to infancy. That means you were in position and equipped to be able to Mm. empower and endow others. Mm. So if you reverted to infancy, it's just like us when we see like, you know, actual children and toddlers who haven't been weaned, who should be weaned, mm-hmm. but we know That's that they're good. just staying on milk because they're spoiled or they just, you know, the parents are just not, you know, pushing them in the direction. They're just giving them their way. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing, but it's worse because adults reverting to infancy mm-hmm. is worse than a child who isn't even developed fully because that child can't be a teacher yet. Mm-hmm. You literally could have been a teacher because he said you ought to have been mm-hmm. because in this one it says, 
You have been, verse 12, and this is New Living, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. But instead, you need someone else to teach you the basic things about God's word. Mm. This is why some people feel stale in churches because they're going over elementary things over and over again, over and over again, and you feel like it's not doing anything. But yeah, if you're going over the ABCs 100,000 times, Year after year after year after year, of course people are going to get tired. And especially adults who should be beyond ABCs. Mm-hmm. Y'all should be on other things, but we can't go beyond them because you choose yeah, spiritual infancy. Mm-hmm. So we have to meet you where you are and stay where you are. Mm-hmm. Because when we try to give you these things, it says we have many things to say, but it's hard because you're dull of hearing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so that's... I had to say that part. You're taking me places I wasn't going to go. <laughs> I wasn't trying to go there either, but you took me here. So here we are. <laughs> so I had to say that. But the other part that it kind of ties to that is James 4.17, which says, remember it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. So again, if you were a person who ought to be teacher and you said by reason of practice, that's what you said, right? Because of practice, but you're not practicing righteousness which means you know what you should be doing and what you should be practicing, but you choose not to do it. So to you, it is sin because if you know what you should do and don't do it, it's common sense for all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how else to tell you. So go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm done for right now. <laughs> <laughs> you did this though. You did this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I was just going to just highlight Acts 2.42 because I think um, when we talk about the word and and just having a culture of wanting to be around the word, um, you know, the early church, it says that they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, other things, fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. But the apostles' teaching was foundational to that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what I love in verse 43 is that it says, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place to the apostles. What I love about that is that it highlights that spirit that you were talking about in Psalm 119, that because of the fact that they devoted themselves, which means they, I believe in, in King James, it says they continued steadfastly, which mm-hmm. means that it was a constant to these four things. Yes, These are the four elements of the believer's life that when you're consistent to those things, uh, you have verse 43, which says everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, which means that you had such a fear and a reverence yeah. for the things of God that as a result of that, then you saw many signs and wonders taking yes. place. So we've heard many believers talk about, you know, revival this and we want this to happen. And man, Lord, come like the Lord's here if we, if we really want him to, to really come because we are the temple and he will dwell within us yeah. if we're willing to dwell with him yeah. the bible says draw near to him we keep going back to yes. james like, like draw near to him and he'll draw near to us like he's waiting for you to just be like hey man are you devoted to me or not because right. if you're devoted the bible says you will hate one and love the other so again i i, I love and at some point this is probably going to come either going to be a series <laughs> a book or something but when we talk about cliche verses like that's what I hate is because we, we get stuck on like, oh, I can do all things to Christ Jesus. And we say these things so, like yes. so flippantly. We want to throw it on a t-shirt. We want to get a tattoo. Like all that stuff. But those are the people you see that are weak-hearted and yeah. weak-minded because it's just a label. Like it's just a, it's just a poster. It's not mm-hmm. a, a lifestyle that they're actually willing to say like, this is what like this is what this means to me. You have to be constantly devoted to that because, mm-hmm. and we can go into hardships and all that another time. But like when you think about going back to James, 
they were persecuted and he was talking about, you know, counting it all joy yes. and all these things like you can only do that when you have a devotion to the word yes. in which that's such a foundation that you're not concerned about yourself. Yes. Like Matthew six thirty three. 33, seek first the kingdom yes. of God and his righteousness, and then all these things yes. are bad unto you. You're only anxious because you're you're seeking for something, and you don't have the contentment of God. Yes. So if you can focus on God and not yourself, you won't have the issues of being anxious right. because you already understand, like, Lord, like, I can do all things to you because I know how to be abased, you know yes. what I'm saying, and I know how to bound. Like, when you have it in context, proper context... That's the wisdom of God. That's the fruit of being wise in God. Yeah. It's not you thinking like, man, if I had this gold chain, I made it. Uh, not really, according to the passage <laughs> we just read. You know what I'm saying? Like, So again, like, we have to be separate and apart from the world because we keep finding ourselves too worldly in our thinking, yeah. which doesn't allow us to receive the word the way that it is mm -hmm. because we're not allowed... We're, we're quenching the spirit by letting our flesh get in the way of what the Lord is truly trying to say through us reading the word in its pure form. Right. So if we can really just get to the point and getting past this immaturity, we would see better fruit in our own act, in our own lives if we're willing to take the word, God at his word, because right. God has never failed us. The Bible says, I will never leave you nor forsake mm -hmm. you. So if we're going to say that, then even in a hard time, you're going to believe, like, yes. okay, Lord, you're with me. And even if I don't get it exactly the way I want it, even if I don't pull out of this and get a million dollars or whatever the case yes. is, like, again, I know how to be abased. Yeah. So your mindset is not shifted to you. It's shifted to Christ, which allows you then to look at his word and be like, yeah, I can still see you even though I don't like the situation right here. Right. So. Which is where that comes from. Because, <laughs> again, with you saying that, and I can't just let this one ride by without saying this part because, you know, the tattoos, the gems, all the stuff, I can do all things. Okay. He ain't talking about those things. He's not, He's not talking about He's helping not. you lift weights. No. He's not talking about helping you with any physical feats. Mm -mm. He's literally talking about the stuff you just defined. Mm -hmm. And so that's where if we read the stuff before he said that, we know what he was talking about. These things are the reason why I now can do all things through mm -hmm. Christ who strengthens me. Because he has strengthened me through hardships, yeah. spiritual, internal things, not to lift these weights mm -hmm. and get muscles. Um, but even like you said, you know... He's constantly kind of put that thread through the word, you know, through Psalms, through Proverbs, through, you know, the Matthew 6 the example that you said. And even with John, you know, he um, used it in the first chapter, not the book of John, the gospel of John, you know, first John, he actually said, love not the world, neither the things of the world, because um, <clears throat> everything in the world is what the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Mm -hmm. It's not the father, but of the world. So he's telling you to not set your affections. Paul, set your affections on mm. things that are above, not on yeah. the earth. You know, so he has woven it in different ways to say, don't get caught up with these things. You know, he's talking about the treasures of heaven and treasures on earth. He's telling you these things and reminding you over and over, like, I'm your treasure. The wisdom that I have, everything that I could offer you. Um, in the heavenly realm is what you should be seeking after and desiring greater than any other thing that there is. Um, so just to interject um, along with that, uh, Isaiah 5, 20 through 21, because, you know, like just saying this scripture here just brings us to mind. Um, it says, well, which is judgment is coming to those who call evil good and good evil. Those who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. Those who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe is coming to those who are wise in their own eyes. So we have to really um, understand that, you know, there is always a division. And this world is always even more at a rapid pace trying to um, turn evil into acceptable. Turn deplorable, abominable 
offensive, vile things into acceptable. They're, they're putting things down our throats to the point where, like you said the word earlier, desensitizes us to where we now become numb to what is okay to God, what's not okay to God. And that's why it's super important for us to always keep ourselves in the word beyond just Sunday morning. Because beyond Sunday morning, Sunday morning alone is not going to keep you protected if that's all you do is hear it and see it on Sunday morning. As bad as it is in this world, we literally need to have ourselves surrounded with this word all the time. And I'm not putting a time limit on there, but like even as you said, you know, when people are on their phones, if you're picking it up, if you're doing this and that, we're doing so many things that there are things that you literally can be and should be swapping out for more God time. Whether that's sitting in a quiet devotional time, whether that's you choosing to listen to a Christian podcast or watch a Christian movie or watch a Christian um, video, something else that's actually edifying and spiritual. Because um, it says building up yourselves with spiritual songs and hymns and stuff like that. Like what the things that you already do now do them, but with a spiritual layer on there. Do them, but with Christ, you know, feeding you because everything that you have, your ears, your eyes, you're intaking, you're consuming. And so we should be consuming more of God so that we are not desensitized to the things of him. Um, because the more that we are desensitized, the less we agree with him. And I have I've said for a very number of years, I can't even think now, but I don't ever want to get to the point that I'm desensitized to the things that offend God. I don't mm-hmm. want to get to the point where just because they're putting it in my face and everyone's doing it and everyone's saying, well, it's finally okay. And the churches are now bowing to it and the pastors are now bowing to it that I also follow suit and follow the trend. And I'm just going to, okay, well, that's what y'all, y'all can do that. Yeah. But the Bible already said that broad is the way that leads there. Mm-hmm. I'm going over here where the straight and narrow gate is. Yeah. Save your own self from the stuff to our generation. I'm going to do what I have to do. But at the end of the day, I just don't want to be um, desensitized um, from God's anything. Like whatever he says, I have to keep it going. I have to keep myself reminded. I have to keep myself that this is his way regardless. Because, you know, like the psalmist said, his rules, his laws, his precepts, the rules and laws of man change on a regular annual Mm -hmm. monthly basis. The rules and laws of God do not change. And so I have to keep myself founded in him. And that's the only way I personally can do that and keep myself together. So, Yeah, yeah and that's why I love Hebrews 10. Uh, you know, we talk about fellowship a lot, but we need each other for that purpose because it is so easy to be natural in our thought processes and, and you know, succumbing to the things that are, you know, everybody's about, you know, getting the dollar or you know, make it being being successful, and we're defining those things by the things we see around us, and it makes it so difficult to withstand when that's the pressure that's put upon us. Mm-hmm. And so, when we as a church don't get to the place where we realize that we need each other in order to um, in order to stay strengthened, um, I think that we have to get to the place where if we're not purposely joining with one another. We're going to be in the world and want to be of it because that's what it's, it's so easy to be fleshly, right? It's like we don't even have to think about it. like we could just be in the flesh and not even think twice about that. But to be godly, to make a choice, to be righteous, like that takes effort. It takes sacrifice. And we need others around us that are encouraging us and have the same zeal and same desire to continue to point us and that are trained alongside of us in righteousness to mm-hmm. want to 
recognize what is right and what's not. So, um, yeah, I, I think that I think we need to get to the place where, as a church, that we stress the importance of reading. And, and this portion, I think, is on leaders. But mm-hmm. we have to get to the place where the word becomes a foundational component and what we push because again we can like you said we can do whatever we want on Sundays we're, we're going to church we're mm-hmm. worshiping we're doing all of that but if we're not stressing and really even helping the body of Christ as sheep because mm-hmm. we know how lost sheep can you we go back mm-hmm. to the GPS situation but we know how finicky sheep are yeah. if we don't get to the place where <clears throat> as leaders we're pushing the church to really be in the word to really have a zeal for that yeah. we're going to fall victim to just being wishy-washy and having these things that are, are pushing us away from um, being faithful to the things that um, that keep us mature. We're not going to have the discernment that we need because we're not going to have a healthy foundation and we're not going to know where to find it. We're not going to be seeking right. his wisdom. So, um, yeah, I, I, I try to stress that. And for me, it's, it's incumbent that this next year that I center myself around people that have a desire to want to look for the Lord. Yeah. I know people, a lot of people that love the Lord, (laughs) but people that are truly, like you said, seeking the Lord, like that's a different level that I think we sometimes struggle with um, knowing where that will lead us to. So being in Christ, yes, but then what happens that once you're in Christ, like the goal is sanctification, that's the will of God, right? So if that's the will of God, how are we doing that in our everyday times with, with people? Are we are we just talking about this, that, and, and everything? Or are we finding ways to encourage one another and strengthening one another in our relationships? Or is it just like, well, I made it, and then hopefully I stay in. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully the Lord keeps me. But we're not doing anything to train ourselves, and we're not skilled in, in the Word, as, as you mentioned earlier. So um, just as I close, I want to reference something that I I saw you say um, on one of your most recent sermons. And you said, you don't go to church every week to get saved again. You go to get sanctified. Mm -hmm. And so you're talking about sanctification. And that's so true. Like we don't go to church to just give our life to Jesus next week and give him our life the week after Mm -hmm. and the week after and the week after. We're going to become more holy, yeah. to become more like him, to grow in godliness and more of the knowledge of God. And so um, just to kind of wrap up the thought of the common sense free for all is, as I talked about earlier, it's not about the so-called natural common sense that, you know, if you will, it's imaginarily deposited in you as a, as a child it, upon infancy, upon birth. Like everyone just has this natural common sense, supposedly, but they don't always live and act like they have a natural common sense. Um, but spiritually, we don't have a deposit of common sense. You get common sense by seeking that common mm-hmm. sense, because spiritually, that common sense is wisdom that comes from above, from Jesus, the Lord himself. That's good. And so I just really um, hope that we have that um, just in our minds that we need to be asking him. We need to be seeking. We should desire it. And we need to continually desire it. It's not a one time thing. It's a daily, weekly pursuit. So is there any last thing that you want to say before we um, wrap up here? Uh, I mean, I can go on forever. Wow. <laughs> I mean, we were taking it some places that I'm like, man, those are my jams, but <laughs> this wasn't really the theme. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, just one last Proverbs. Yeah. Uh, Proverbs 1, uh, 33 says, whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're saying all these things not because we want to, but because there's a truth to 
God's word. Like mm-hmm. if we truly dwell there, I know that we have a natural tendency to want to do things for us. But if we truly seek the Lord for him, um, not wanting anything else, but just wanting him, yeah. wanting his wisdom and wanting his will. Like truly when he says, then all these other things will be added yeah. to you. Like we don't have to worry about chasing stuff because what is what is the purpose of us chasing anyway? If we're chasing it for ourselves, like we're just chasing it because we want the status. Yeah. But when he gives it to us as a provision, like then we're able to see that okay, the Lord is actually just good to us. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, it might not be the greatest, but like he's good. You know what I mean? So, it just changes the the dynamic of why we want what we have. Yeah. And um, it just gives us a better perspective. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I am very ecstatic that we were able to do this together in person it's just amazing to be able to do this with you all the time but like i said one day we'll have this in uh, ability to do this all the time like this so as we pray out um i just want to read from psalm 119 which says um i am your servant give me understanding the ability to learn in a teachable heart that i may know your testimonies Therefore, I love your commandments more than gold. Yes, more than refined gold. Therefore, I esteem as right all your precepts concerning everything. I hate every false way. Mm. Father, we come to you and we thank you um, that you have given us your word that gives us the ability to even have your wisdom, to have knowledge and to have understanding. And we thank you that it is you who opens up our eyes and our minds and our hearts to be able to understand you and the things that you have um, revealed to us through your word. Um, thank you that you've chosen us. Thank you that you loved us first. Thank you for gifting us common sense that is free for all. Um, thank you for the wisdom that you have that has cried out to us. Mm. Uh, you cried out to us in choosing us and loving us. And now you cry out to us to know you. And so, Lord, thank you for that. Please forgive us for any time that we um, shunned you, rejected your wisdom, rejected your word. Um, rebelled against the word, um, didn't want to do it, disobeyed. But Father, we come to you right now and we just say that we want to be like the psalmist who turns our feet after we examine our ways. Um, We're examining our ways even now. And for those that will continue to examine their ways after this is over, um, I just pray that we all will commit in our hearts and commit in our minds that not only one time, but every day we will turn our feet to your commandments and to your ways. Uh, Your ways are not our ways, but they are better than our ways. And so we pray that, Father, we would please you and delight you. And um, that it's not just you who delight in us, but we want to delight in you um, and make you proud, Father. Um, You delight in us before we're even worthy to be delighted Mm -hmm. for. And so we just want to enjoy your word, not find it grievous. We want to, to love your word because it's rich. It's powerful. It's so many things. It's truly a treasure. So thank you, God, for this opportunity. And we just love you so much, God. We give you all glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Her Bro, His Sis. Catch your favorite siblings each month as we talk to you, our family in Christ. Want to chat or just stay in the know? Catch us on Facebook and Instagram at Her Bro, His Sis.